Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Hello again, dear kinsfolk. This is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church. And today, I would like to revisit 2 Peter chapter 2. Indeed, if you were with me about two, three weeks ago, you'll remember that I went to this exact text, but I only covered about three verses from it. And the reason for that is I really wanted you to understand that then, in the times of Peter, just like in the times of Christ and in the era we're living in now, false prophets have always existed. They sneak in, they put forth damnable heresies, a polite way of saying harmful lies. If we hearken unto their false dogmas, then we also can bring upon ourselves swift destruction. I brought that forth from that particular study titled, Truth Shall Be Evil. And you'd be surprised the amount of comments I received from that. So in today's study, we're going to go back and we're going to pick it right back up where we left off. That is in verse 3. It says, They, who's the they? In context, we're dealing with false prophets. They, the false prophets, will be greedy and cheat you with smooth talk. (laughs) But long ago, God decided to punish them and God does not sleep. Understand this concept. Yahweh God is not slack concerning His promises. Never has been. He tells you within the law, repent or perish. He tells you how to live a fruitful, long life. For example, honor thy mother and father. That's a command with promise. But at the same time, it is Yahweh God who promises that if we disobey Him, if we turn from His law, If we accept and embrace the entire world, which is Satan's kingdom, then there is no position for us within the kingdom. How can I say that? Well, let's continue reading in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. God did not have pity on the angels that sinned. Stopping right there. Yahweh God did not give them preferential treatment. Yahweh God did not come along and say, you know what? Since you took from among the daughters of Adam... Since you violated my law, since you left your first estate, well, you're the first fruits of my creation. Enter in. (laughs) That's not what Yahweh God said. Peter says here in verse 4, God did not have pity on the angels that sin, period. And he will not have pity on you if you sin. Now, two points. All sin is a transgression of the law, so if we do not adhere to Yahweh's law, then do not think for a second, that shall we God will hold you in higher esteem because you accept all of these other truths. 
And secondly, angels are subject to judgment as well. What happened to those angels that fell? Well, in my opinion, this is extremely important. Why? Because there are these buffoons who come in, they say, you know what, I'm Christian identity. And then they start teaching that the Nephilim, who were born from the fallen angels, also considered sons of God in Scripture, and the Adamic women, somehow or another, were (laughs) non-whites. Well, that's an impossibility. God did not have pity on the angels that sinned. He had them tied up and thrown into the dark pits of hell until the time of judgment. Now, that is the God of the Bible. The same exact God named Yahweh who commands his followers to hate the evil. I bring that up, of course, because many people on YouTube or iTunes around the world, they listen to my sermons and they come and say, well, I don't hate anybody. If you have that opinion, understand right now, you're not fit for Yahweh's use. You are commanded to eschew, to hate, to shun all things that are in violation of God's law. So that brings me to point B. Meaning that angels who sinned are subject to judgment. Jesus, as he walked, said that we will judge angels. But don't make the mistake of thinking, hey, you know what? I'm called out of the darkness to hear this truth. Somehow or another, I can sin and get by. The reason I bring that forth, even though it is common sense, is because oftentimes we tend to think, well, I'm a little better than the Judeo-Christians. I have quite a bit racked up to my account, that is, by way of righteousness. Therefore, I can sin and get by on this regard. Well, that's exactly what the angels thought. And what did Yahweh God do to him? He had him tied up and thrown into the dark pits of hell until the time of judgment. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5. And during Noah's time, God did not have pity on the ungodly people of the world. Stopping right there. What is wrong with you if you are having pity on the ungodly people of the world? When even Yahweh God will not hear their prayer, will not allow them into the kingdom, and has no pity whatsoever for those who exercise habitually the dark deeds of the devil. God didn't have pity on them. Not only that, he didn't have pity on the ungodly people of the world in Noah's time. He destroyed them with a flood, though he did save eight people, including Noah, who preached the truth. So right there, understand, the reason Noah was spared was for two reasons. The King James says because he was perfect in his generations or his genios, meaning... The other seven souls that were aboard the ark hadn't miscegenated with the fallen angels. Also, remember that it was because of this mixing, this great adulteration that had overtaken the land that caused Yahweh God to send the flood in upon the world of the ungodly. God didn't have pity on the ungodly people of the world. Neither should you. And if you're out there coming along and befriending those who are friends of wickedness, then you forfeit your position. So understand that. That is the importance of truth. The Judeo-Christian will come in and say, love everybody because God's that away. But how many people does God truly love? Christ himself says, many are called, few are chosen. Many will go the broad way, which leads to destruction, but few will find the narrow path. 
The narrow path is never popular. It wasn't in Christ's time, and it most assuredly isn't in our time. Noah was spared and, by extension, delivered his entire family because he preached the truth, quote-unquote. A polite way of saying he spoke the truth. He wasn't enveloped within a world of lies like we are now in 2015, where they call good evil and evil good, where they reinvent a God that has no resemblance to Yahweh God of the Scripture. And they sit there and they pat themselves on the back and you say, you know what, I don't hate anybody. (laughs) Well, if you don't, you're not following the law of God. And perhaps holy hate is a study that I will bring forth from this pulpit in the near future, if Yahweh God should allow. But I want you to pay closest attention to verse 6 in this very short study of Second Peter, the second chapter. God, a polite way of saying Yahweh. God punished the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes. Stopping right there. What do you think, just hearing that one verse from our sacred script, what do you think Yahweh God's opinions on sodomites, lesbians, and homosexuals could be? Hmm. Quite interesting, isn't it? Because we're told within Scripture, Yahweh God cannot change. We're told within Him is no variable of turning. Meaning Yahweh God cannot change. If He despised homosexuality then, miscegenation and going after strange flesh as both Peter and Jude confirm, then it is a safe bet that Yahweh God still hates it today. And I use that word hate. Because I get these emails from these men, women, and children sometimes. They come in and they say, Hey, Pastor Visser, you shouldn't be saying God hates anybody. But yet, Scripture says God hates the wicked. Scripture says God hates Esau. Yes, Yahweh God possesses the ability to hate. Created Adam man in his own image with the same exact ability to also hate his enemies. Now, before I go much deeper, I really want to clarify something. Jesus Christ indeed came, and he said, to love your enemies, to do good to those who persecute you. Indeed, that is a straightforward teaching from Scripture, but it's no different than what's found within the Old Testament. Christ codified it. He says, do good to your enemy, Israelite, your personal enemy, somebody who may have wronged you, But never forgive the enemies of Yahweh God. Why? Because Yahweh will not forgive his own enemies and those who rise up against him. Now I quoted right here the words of Peter in verse 6, but I did not conclude the verse. God punished the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes. And this is a warning to anyone else Who wants to sin? I believe the King James Version says, as an example to those who should come after and choose to live ungodly. Why did Yahweh God destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? For an example. Short and sweet. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net.
where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith, and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. Indeed, they were his enemies because they were practicing sin. Indeed, only Lot was spared from Sodom because Abraham made intercessory prayer for him. But, never forget, the main reason wasn't necessarily to purge these bloodlines. It wasn't necessarily so the children of Israel could have themselves a grand old time in the land of Canaan. What it was about was an example. There is not one single Christian, hear me dear kinsfolk, any man, woman, or child who professes our title who can come along and take pleasure in the sodomite, the fornicator, or the adulterer. Paul confirms that, of course, in his first and second chapter in the book of Romans, where he says that homosexuals are to be put to death in the New Testament, (laughs) in addition to those who have pleasure within them. Do not have pleasure within homosexuality, even if it's on the news, even if it's on the uh, sitcom television shows you watch. Don't giggle, don't promote, and don't partake. Why? Because anybody who will follow in the same exact path will meet the same ends. Now at this time, I would invite you, if you haven't already, to go back and listen to a sermon I preached about a decade ago titled, Sodomites, Haters of God. Now, what's interesting about this particular study is it is an educational lecture into who the particular Sodomites are. Not the contemporary version, but who the ancient Sodomites were, meaning the residents of Sodom, and exactly what they were destroyed for. Now today, you're going to have these Judeo-Christians come in and they're going to say, you know what, God doesn't punish sodomy. God doesn't care if you're gay. Well, that's a study for another day. The reason I bring that up is because, while that video has probably had millions of listens in the last 10 years, Almost everybody that listens to it, who goes by and professes the title of Judeo-Christianity, gets instantly offended when they hear it. Even though I never once bring up homosexuality. That's called putting the cart before the horse, judging a book by its cover. And in short, I could say, propaganda, brainwashing, programming. You know as well as I do that the residents of Sodom and Gomorrah, there was none righteous. Save a lot. And I brought that forth so eloquently in that particular study from 2005 or so, titled, Sodomites, Haters of God. In that, I proved that Lot was only spared because of Abraham's intercessory prayer that he made on the plains of Mamre for him. Lot 
and his two daughters. They were spared. But there was a consequence. The consequence, of course, and you may know the story, is that his daughters tricked him. And Lot had an incestuous affair with both of them. Bringing in two of the most abominable tribes in the eyes of Yahweh God. Ammon and Moab. And leave it to the Judeo-Christians today to come in and say, you know what, it doesn't matter if you're a Moabite. It doesn't matter if you're an Ammonite. It doesn't matter if you're a Sodomite. Yahweh God will let you in. In short, that is not what is found within Scripture. And I can confirm that in the final two verses of this particular study. Lot lived right and was greatly troubled by the terrible way those wicked people were living. What wicked people? The Sodomites in the city of Sodom, the Gomorians in the city of Gomorrah, and many other cities round about. Lot lived right. Understand it. He was righteous. He's found within Hebrews chapter 11 in that quote-unquote faith hall of fame. He did live righteously, but what he accepted and what he chose to surround himself with had a direct influence on his spirit. How can I say that? Continue reading. Lot lived right and was greatly troubled by the terrible way those wicked people were living. He was a good man. And day after day he suffered because of the evil things he saw and heard. Stopping right there. Day after day. The King James says he vexed his own spirit with their unlawful deeds. Meaning that your spirit, your countenance can be brought down if you are surrounded by sodomy. More particularly, if you surround yourself with quote-unquote wicked people. Now, during the time of Abraham, Yahweh God destroyed the cities because of the people being so evil. And of course, you can read about that in Genesis chapter 6. And also, when dealing with the city of Sodom in Genesis chapter 19, round about verse 24 or so. But Yahweh God did not come and coddle him. He didn't put kitten gloves on and say, you know what, I'm going to lead these people out like he did the Israelites in the Exodus. He led Lot out. And Lot was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Day after day, Lot suffered because of the evil things he saw and heard. Are you, dear kinsfolk? What you see on the television, what you read on the internet, what you see when you just simply go up the road to buy groceries for your family. Are you vexed? Are you troubled? Are you upset? Well, know that Peter right here is saying that you must guard your spirit as Yahweh God did in the old and Jesus Christ did in the Gospels. If you do not guard your spirit, your spirit can be quenched. And this is just another confirmation of it. It's exactly what happened a lot. What happened, though? Final verse of this particular study. Yahweh rescued him. Who? Lot. This shows that the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their sufferings and to punish evil people while they wait for the day of judgment. You understand what's being put forth, and I'm reading it to you in contemporary English so you can truly understand. This one's for the sake of the Judeo-Christians. Do you understand what's being brought forth? God knows how to deliver the faithful, the righteous. And on the same token, 
He knows how to destroy the wicked as he did with those angels that sinned. And that's the example that was given in Second Peter. With the sodomites who were engaging in faggotry and so many worse abominations, as also was given in this particular study. So my advice to you, dear kinsfolk, is this. Understand, first and foremost, there are false prophets. Now, we've proved that this year, 2015, adamantly from several places as we have leapfrogged around the scripture for me to point out these concepts. The concept that false prophets exist, they push damnable heresies, and they are a rod of chastisement. I'm not saying the false prophet has more power than Yahweh God. In fact, I would go on record and say that there are instances in the Old Testament where Yahweh God sends the false prophet himself and also sends the lying tongue for particular people. Now, I'd like to close on the words of Paul found within his epistle to the Romans chapter 1 to confirm exactly what I'm saying. For those of you who are hearing this and saying, well, Yahweh God doesn't prohibit homosexuality in the New Testament, Please pay close attention. Beginning in chapter 1, verse 24, Paul says this, God let these people go their own way. They did what they wanted to do, and their filthy thoughts made them do shameful things with their bodies. They gave up the truth about God for a lie, and they worshipped God's creation instead of God, who will be praised forever. Amen. God let them follow their own desires. Women no longer wanted to have sex in a natural way. They did things with each other that were not natural. Men behaved in the same exact way. They stopped wanting to have sex with women and had strong desires for sex with other men. They did shameful things with each other. And what has happened to them is punishment for their foolish deeds. Since these people refused to even think about God, he let their useless minds rule over them. That is why they do all sorts of indecent things. They are evil, wicked, and greedy, as well as mean in every possible way. They want what others have. They murder, argue, cheat, and hard to get along with. They gossip, say cruel things about others, and hate God. They are proud, conceited, and boastful always thinking up new ways to do evil. These people don't respect their parents. They are stupid, unreliable, and don't have any love or pity for others. They know God has said that anyone who acts in this way deserves to die. What way? Homosexuals. But they keep on doing evil things. And they encourage others to do so. So understand what Paul says there. In addition to those who have pleasure within them. God gives them over the reprobate mind. When you see a faggot on the street, in short, the most simplistic way of answering why they are that way is because they don't like to retain God's law in their knowledge. And the King James confirms that. And because they don't like God's law, God gives them their reprobate mind. God gives them the desires of their own heart because they're so wicked. Christ, Yahshua, Messiah, would say, Woe unto the wicked, for ye have received your reward. In short, that's all they get. But you get so much more. And so, until next time, dear kinsfolk, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church, wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ, 
Amen. Covenant People's Ministry Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.